Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello. This is the Chaos and Cookies podcast. And today we are talking to an author about uh, a book called What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? So we are going to be talking about listening and maybe the struggles that we have or maybe others have. Um, I have kids, they like to see and think that they don't listen, but you know, uh, we're going to dive into that with my guest, Christine Miles. Um, and Christine is an author, professional keynote speaker, consultant, executive coach, and thought leader and entrepreneur. And she is the founder and CEO of Equipped, a training and consulting company that helps leadership teams grow sales, develop people, and create cultures of understanding. She also developed the Listening Path, a transformational workshop on listening to understand which has been taught by, at various Fortune 100 corporations, universities. Uh, law firms, and privately held companies. Uh, again, she's the author of What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? And this book will encourage you to examine how you are listening. You'll discover that you not only are many, um, you'll discover that not only are many of the problems in your life due to not listening effectively, but listening helps to solve most problems. Christine Miles is a longtime expert in educating individuals and organizations on how to listen in ways that transform how they lead, sell, influence, and succeed in every aspect of life. Following the steps of her breakthrough listening path will provide you with a critical key to your success understanding. Through Christine's game-changing approach to listening, you will learn to hear what is said and not said, identify your listening persona and realize when it is unhelpful, among other things like soothing your subconscious so you can listen differently and many more things. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on Christine to the podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for that introduction. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And it's so great to have you. And listening is such um, a key thing in everything, especially it's just like communication because it goes hand in hand. Um, mm -hmm. but before we do dive in, I have an icebreaker, which is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? What is my favorite cookie? My, uh, my favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin or anything with buttercream icing on it. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> you <Thank> name it, <laughs> slather with buttercream icing and I'm good. Um, probably my favorite cookie memory is making um, cookies with my nieces at Christmas. Okay. You know, to get the chef hat, you know, answer easy. It's so easy to be on. It really is. <laughs> Give them back. So low hanging fruit. You are the, you are the hero every time you're with them. So uh, yeah, I just I had my my youngest niece especially. She just had this curly hair that the chef hat would come out, and they just loved it. So that was uh, that was a fun time in the kitchen. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, making cookies with kids is always fun. And then you always regret, you always make an, another batch, especially if they're young, because yeah. you're like, yeah, that'll be yours. And then if we have people over this, I'll make a separate one. Well, right? that's here, actually, that's very <laughs> good inside tip. I didn't realize that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll think about like, if they're little, they're not conscious about, you know, anything like I was serving corn last night and 
my daughter wanted to eat out of the tub, like out of the, I'm like, no, that's the serving spoon. Right. So the way she heard it was no, don't use that spoon. So she got up, got another spoon. And then I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my other kids, whatever I look over and she has a smaller spoon doing exactly what I just told her not to do eat out of it. Cause it was a community thing. And I'm like, we were so close. We were I was so- like, no, take it out and on your plate given she was the only one eating it other than myself. So I didn't really care, but it was just like, no. Okay. I thought you obviously heard that the spoon needs to not be contaminated, but now you contaminate all of it. So it's nice to have separate things. Like in kids, like we'll just like lick the spoon and put it back in. It's like, "Mm, that's going to be our family. Good idea. I mean, (laughs) just coming to your house for dinner. That's all I heard. It's going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. So um, this interesting question is posed and that's why um, why do we only hear 3% of what is said? Is there some science behind that? Well, so isn't what you just shared an example of that Correct. <laughs> at a very young age? Um, the, the main reason is that the brain is the greatest enemy of listening. So, you know, your daughter wants the corn. <laughs> That's just contaminating what she's hearing, right? It's like, it's interfering with what, what she should be hearing or if she were listening differently, which is very understandable, um, especially when we don't have the skill. So there's ways to even fix that with the, the younger ones. But, um, but it is really because we have so many enemies of listening that we only hear 3%. Our, our subconscious brain, the brain that we're not aware of is a superpower and it's always active. And it's telling us a story, it's distracting us, it's interfering. And that's what a big part of the problem is. Okay. So like, for instance, with sales, when I would be outside sales rep, um, I was always taught to put the, the um, name tag on my left uh, shoulder, under my left shoulder, because when you're, is it right shoulder or left shoulder? right shoulder, because when you go in for a right-handed head and shake, your eyes go to the uh, name tag and your brain is taking in what you're reading. So when they introduce their name, like the first, if it wasn't like the first five seconds of whatever someone says, they don't catch because your brain is catching up. So it's a way to be able to remember their name while they're introducing themselves because you're not going to catch it. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's like a billboard really. We're, we're not aware that we're even seeing it, but it reinforces it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of tricks that we can try to trick the brain, but in reality, and that's a, that's a very concrete thing you're trying to mnemonically associate. Listening is so fluid and we have to catch a lot. And so it's really, how do we thread and assimilate everything together so that we're getting the meaning of the message and not just hearing the words. That's the difference. That's what happened last night. Your daughter heard the word. She didn't hear the meaning. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a child problem and an adult problem because we're told to listen, but we're, we're very rarely taught how. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, struggled with this with my kids. Like, why don't you guys just listen? And then I'm like, well, I'm yelling. So you probably can't hear me because you're flipped. So then I lower it. Or if I do approach it, why don't you not listen to me? Why are you having this issue? And they're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, and there's zero years of education in any of our schools. 
on listening. That goes from elementary the whole way through college graduate programs and into executive leadership programs. Sales programs talk about listening. They very rarely teach it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, a, I'm a master's level uh, therapist. from. I have an Ivy League graduate degree. And I was certified as a therapist at a world-renowned facility at the time. And I had zero courses on listening. It was assumed. So how did you come about learning about it and finding those resources? No one teaches it. Well, if no one teaches it or there's nothing like that available formally, how did you come across this? Well, I, it really goes back to my childhood. I I started to listen differently when I was, I can remember as early as five, um, having a memory where I was listening differently. And I had two influences and I've talked about this before. I mean, one is my mother who, who suffered from mental health issues. She had lost her mother from childbirth. So when she was born, her mother really died from childbirth. Um, she died three months after having my mother. And my, my job was to understand all the pain that was below the surface that most people didn't see. My mother was very exuberant and warm and loving, and but deep psychological pain that it wasn't that she was volatile. It was just, it was a dichotomy of spirit. And frankly, all of us suffer from that, right? To some degree. What we see and look, what people think is, we had a conversation before we started, you look like your life's perfect. You've been through a lot of things. Well, right. So, but if I, (laughs) only having met you, right? You're a successful woman, you're you're beautiful, you're articulate. It looks like you have it. It's all, we know better. We all know that there's another story, but it doesn't mean that's not what we, our brain tells us on something. And that's what my mother dealt with very profoundly and my job was to understand that. So that, and she was a great listener, as was my father. So I learned how to listen in a lot of different ways as a kid. And that's always why I was successful in anything I did. I navigated the adversity of her mental health issues. I navigated sports that way. I navigated academics that way. So it was always the thread in my success that I had this ability. And I was really taught um, and then I saw that's why a lot of people were failing. Relationships failed, businesses failed, sales failed, um, parenting failed because listening differently, like I was taught, they didn't have that skill. I see. And so what about like for me, I can't, and it might just be like a stimulation thing, but like I can't listen to two separate things. Like I can subconsciously, like I know them always like listening for my kids and I can always hear that type of stuff. That's like more like mommy's spidey sense. But if someone calls me on the phone, I cannot have, I pause the TV, I pause or I turn down the radio. I cannot filter and function with multiple things. I get very overstimulated and I'm like, I cannot hear both. Like when someone talks to, like if I'm on the phone with someone and someone's like, hey, ask them, blah, 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 but they're talking. I'm like, stop. Right, <laughs> right. you need to, well, that's an awareness because that's really great awareness that you know that because that's true for, I'm going to say almost everybody. I'll never say everyone because there's some exception to the rule, but the brain does not multitask well. And it just doesn't. We are not wired to multitask. We have the perception that when women do it better because of what you just talked about, being a mom and having to hone in to different things, but you're not honing into everything. You're not, you're not listening in the way that we listen for meaning. You're listening to make sure everybody's safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's part of it. So, but that's it's that's good awareness that you know that that's a step you have to take. And that's what's 
when people think about listening, they generally think of something called active listening. How do I make sure I'm present for you so that I at least have a chance to listen? What, what we do and I do and, and the listening path is really about being more transformational in how you listen. And that is to go beyond just listening to pay attention. It's really to listen to discover something, discover the meaning, discover the insight and, and really have a transformative conversation as a result of listening. And so how do you, what, is, what does it look like when you're teaching somebody or if someone were to say, okay, I want to be a better listener? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things is I, I don't believe you can solve a problem that you don't know you have. Uh, and so most people understand that listening is important and you started out there, you know, it's, it's an important thing. So no, I never have an argument over that. Nobody ever says, I don't believe in that. What, what the gap is, because we're not taught how to listen and we don't know what good listening looks like, we don't know that we have the problem because we think we're listening all day long. It's just we, because we have ears. That doesn't mean we're listening. It just means we're hearing. So, so we have to help close that gap. So that's why I titled the book, What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? It's really helpful if you think about what, is, what are the costs that I need to to overcome? What are, what are the problems I need to solve? And then that helps us get on the right, the right path, so to speak, to, to really transforming how we do it. The solution to the problem of what it's costing is the listening path, which is the, the path to understanding. And that's really the path that gives you the tools and builds the skill to listen in this transformative way. Okay. So do you do like more one-on-ones or do you do groups or can you even do it in a group? Because it's yeah. so individual. One of the things, so like you, I, I had my own executive coaching business for a number of years. Um, I started in 2007. One of the things, and I, I largely worked within organizations, right? So I would work with a lot of different people in one organization. And I found I was having the same conversations over and over again. And fundamentally, some of it came down to how we communicated out, but most of it came down to what did I understand and the misunderstandings that were happening between the people or the business. So what what I did was really create a framework where we could teach people in larger situations, larger groups, we call it group coaching or creating a common language for listening so that problems are solved more efficiently, meeting times are more efficient. Everything elevates when you learn to listen differently and when you have a common language, it elevates even more. So we do that via workshops. So anywhere from a half day to multi-days to lots of different iterations, we customize that. But the path is the same and there's lots of tools on the path. And what I wrote about in the in the book was really the first tools on the listening path, the first six, the foundational tools to listening transformationally. Absolutely. So it's almost like you can do it in a course, you can do it in a group, you can do it on your own. I think it also maybe in a group you don't feel as bad that you aren't the only one not listening or being able to. Well, it helps to practice too, right? That's why we you know, as an athlete too, you, you went to practice. You had, even if you were an individual sport, you had an element of people around you to practice and make you better. So when we have to practice the skill, because this is a skill, it's not just about information. Information alone won't do it. You have to be able to apply it. And so, so the analogy to how to transform how you listen is you wouldn't go hiking in the woods for, you know, on a trip for two weeks without any tools or supplies in your backpack. It's crazy. You'd get lost, you'd be hungry, you'd need a tent, you know, all these different things. 
we go into what, what we call the conversational woods completely unprepared. Let me just wing it. Let me just go into the woods and I hope I don't get lost. Yeah. We get lost all the time. So the listening path is the metaphoric hike in the conversational woods where I need to get from one side of the path to the other safely. And I need to bring the person I'm listening to along with me so that I discover what the meaning of the message is along the way. So do you have anything you can share with the listeners on some good, just simple ways to practice on our own? Sure. And, and the third part of the book is the, is the guide. It is called the listening path. So it goes over these tools. So there's, there's six main tools on the path. And I'll tell you, you can use them on their own or all together. When you use them collectively, you're playing songs rather than individual notes in the metaphor of learning how to play the piano. But for parents, and this is so important because we really want our kids to talk to us, right? That's part of what we want. And sometimes we feel like we don't know how to get more out of them because they give us the yes, no, right? So um, one of the main tools or one of the foundational tools, pardon me, on the listening path is called the compass. And so these are the six most powerful questions that you can use in a conversation to get to get the story. When we're listening, we're always getting a story, whether it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes. And so how do we get the story? And these six questions are what journalists use, what therapists use, what the best interviewers use, negotiators. When you know how to ask the right questions and less of them, you get more of a story. So we can talk about those if it would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's six, so I'll go through them really fast. Um, the first one is take me back to the beginning or where did this start? Because we tend to enter things like in the middle of the movie and we need to know what the beginning is to understand what's happening. Very rarely is that question asked. So it's take me back to the beginning, then what happened? How does that make you feel? Tell me more. Hmm. Just which is tell me more in the more nonverbal way of tell me more. Hmm. And it sounds like you felt. So there's two feeling questions and four situational questions. And when you use those four questions, either alone or together, you'll find you'll get more of the story than these very specific um, prescriptive questions, even with our kids. Yeah. And it also goes hand in hand with listening and uh, acknowledging their viewpoints. I mean, that goes with kids and communication because um, so, so frequently, at least with the communication part, it's don't apologize for something that's not your fault. Right. You have to restructure your words to say like, you know, it sounds like you felt like this. That's right. Or I'm sorry that you feel that way, which is really not appropriate in the best way, but it's not, I'm sorry. You're, you know, that this made you da 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 or something. Cause it's a very, I'm sorry, the hard one to, to do. It's a hard one because, so we think that listening means agreement and it doesn't, it means alignment. So I can be sorry that you feel bad. I don't have to be sorry that I, it's my it fault is. that you feel bad. And so there's a different weight in that. And, and I think, look, I think about the kids and, and the mental health crisis that we're facing in general and with young people because of the pressures that they face. And it seems crazy based on everything that they have access to, but it's also a lot for them to handle. And one of the things that's really hard is the burden of what their peers are going through if they feel they have to fix it rather than they can simply learn how to 
be present and, and bear witness to it and not have to solve it because that alone is affects you open with that. We, I know that the more we listen, the more problems get healed without having to really do much with it. So, so some of that is what you just described as one of the, one of the tools on the path, which is called the footprints, which is really how do you reflect the feelings or the facts in these little moments so that you're step in step with the person talking, one doesn't get too far ahead on the path and that you're, you're keeping step in step. And that's an important thing as well. Right. Because you sometimes already know the answer, but you have to get that person to get there and you might not be on the same speed or path. And so just trying to keep pace. Well, again, that's very wise of you that most people don't realize because most people rush to the advice or to the problem solving because they want to be helpful. They think, let me tell you what I think because I've been through this before or I may help you or it's uncomfortable for me to see you in pain. So let me, let me get you to the point where you see there's a solution to this, but I may not be ready to hear that. And so when we call that earning the right, you need to earn the right to problem solve for them, advise, be helpful. And how you do that is you listen to understand before you dare to provide counsel or advice, even if they're your kids, especially if they're your kids, especially if they're your spouse. The closer we are to somebody, the more we try to rush to that, and which is why that creates a friction. I call it death by a thousand cuts. We're hurting the people we love in with the intention to be helpful. Yes. I mean, and, and giving advice when it's unsolicited, someone will already just turn it off because they're like, no, nope, I don't want to hear it or I'm not ready or they're not in a place to filter it mm-hmm. properly. That's because right. I always tell people when I was teaching with like um, social media and stuff for these new business owners <clears throat> to not feel like you're rep- just because you've said it once doesn't mean you shouldn't do it again because you never know who's going to hear it or right. when they're going to hear it. And I've done like multiple, like I was a part of this group and I've heard this woman's pitch and spiel and all the things like so many times I ended up doing some work for her. Mm-hmm. But because of where I was at certain times, the same thing I had heard six months prior didn't resonate the way it did that. I'm like, oh, that got it. Way. Right. You took something different away. Yep. Right. Or it, so you hear it differently when you have the space or the something to apply it. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that's a positive thing. And sometimes I can't apply because I'm it's a negative thing. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to hear it. Right. So. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So same step and step with somebody on the path. This is why we call when you're listening in a transformational way, or you are learning to guide the conversation, guide the person on the path so that you know exactly where you are and exactly when to speed up and when to slow down. Because sometimes the person rushing for the solve or the solution is the person talking. And as you know, from sales, that's a sales trap, right? Just tell me what you think I should do. Just tell me. And you're like, I don't understand enough to know how to help you there. You have enough sense to slow down. Most people just go, perfect. I'm ready to sell. Let's go sell. And we're all selling, whether we're talking to our kids, we're talking to our spouses in business. Influence is about knowing when it's time to make that shift and that pivot. Um, And it's an awareness to that, that most people don't have. Yeah. And it takes a long time to, to get into that. I mean, 
for me, I went through, um, I was going through a very, um, dynamic situation when I was married. And so lots of things were happening that only I knew. And when people would either see glimpses or uh, outside influence, they don't have the whole picture. So they try to say this or that, or I get all the time, like, weren't there red flags at the beginning? It's like, well, yeah, but when you're in it, you don't see it or you're in it. And the answers that you're given make sense at the time. And there's no reason for you to doubt it. And then as of course, like perspective comes where you start to remove yourself from it, it's a different picture. It's a different thing. And then now I'm ready to hear you and say, you know, this or that, or it might be time to, you know, think about this because if you tell that to me too early, it's going to be like, no, I'm not even in a state of mind to think about that or what you're talking about. So, right. And so it's when you hear that, well, didn't you see the signs? It's like drives me insane because it's like, well, I do now because sure. I'm educated and I understand Well, we tried to tell you, or I told like basically with my sister, I mean, you're allowed okay. to say that you have a sister or brother, but it's like, I, I just knew yeah. it. I knew it. I said, well, you're outsider looking in. Totally. That's not your normal. That's not how you're living. That's not, you know, so I appreciate that. And that's a good thing that you recognize it. So then it's no surprise later on when it's like, Hey, this is the problem. But at the same time, it's like, you can't just push that on me. And cause then it's going to end up being like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, it is easier outside in. And so we have the way to get in is to understand first and to it's understandable you didn't see the flags. It's understandable you're too close to it. When you're in, I always say we don't go to the art museum and stand six inches from the Monet. We only see the brush strokes. You have to step way back to see the landscape. So what the job of the listener is, is to help me lens back, not to tell me to lens back, to bring me back in a different way so that you can see more as the person going through it. But, but if only telling people worked, we ironically, it just doesn't. Let me tell you what I mean. You, you help people all day long. Does telling really what motivates them or showing them or, you know, giving them some ways to, to do it differently, not just go do it differently. That, that would be great if it worked that well. That'd be easy. Oh, yeah. And so now I've learned like what is ended up happening if people hear more detailed about it or whatnot, they're like, oh, well, you know, my friend's going through there. I'm doing the same thing. It's, it's now allowed me an opportunity to sit back and, and say, okay, well, is this something that you're seeing? And is this something that you're seeing? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep, that sounds like something. And so this is what, how I navigated it or, you know, and try to say not what you should do, but this is what I did and you can do what you will with it. And it just helps you sit back because there's people that I've met that are way at the beginning and there's no way that they would be able to, because I just remember my, Where you my were. Yeah. well, you're helping them step one step at a time away from the Monet. Right. And how you do that is through under, I believe through understanding, pull back. Now let's take a few more steps. If you just try to rush somebody back to 10 feet away, they're like, what, where are we going? Right. Exactly. So that's part of being the guide. You know, I'll, I'll give you a, you and your listeners uh, another tool that you kind of to the story you told about your daughter and the spoon, because it's so simple with kids. So 
one of the things on the, the, the path is we call it the flashlight. It's kind of summarizing at a high level what you hear, whether that's a 30 minute story or again, 10 seconds, which was, you need to, you know, the spoon thing is to ask somebody to flashlight you. So you could ask her to flashlight you, meaning, and once you have this language, it's really easy. So what did mommy say, right? And have her flashlight it back to you. And then now before she goes and just grabs another spoon, she's talking to you about what she heard and you're still doing your thing in the kitchen, but you know what she took away from you. We tend to think because we said it, she understood it. When you ask her to tell you the story back, you're gonna hear what she actually heard. And if you use the word flashlight and you teach her how to do that using that association, you don't have to say, now what did mommy say, which feels more punitive. You can just go, can you, can you use your flashlight and what did mommy say? And then she will be more inclined to wanna to give it to you. Oh, okay. So, and here's another example. You just said flashlight. And if you're not listening actively, you could have just heard, you could flash her. <laughs> so get on your flashlight, get right. on your flashlight and shine a light on what you heard. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. No flashing, no, no flashing. flashing. But for a listener that might've just been going through it and then they might've heard that. It's like, let's just be clear. This is not what we said. Cause I could totally just be like, what did you just Appreciate say? Appreciate that. That's one <laughs> of the tools on the listening path. The map, the stops, the compass, the flashlight, the water filter and the footprints. That's what's, that's, those are the foundational tools on the listening path. The flashlight being one of them. I love that. I love that. Um, almost like a parrot, like parrot it back or just repeat it back, but it's not as, um, formal or then there's pressure, like repeat it back. Like what if I get it wrong? Right. And it's okay if she gets it wrong, by the way, it doesn't right. matter. And kids will be more in the parroting mode because they're littler. How old's your daughter? That was um, she'll be eight next month. So, okay, so they're all young. They're under, all under 10. So yeah. So young. But as you get older, what you need to do when you use your flashlight is shine the light on both the facts and the feelings so that you get the meaning. So it, it, it starts out as a parroting, but what you start to do is what you've been doing with me, which is to kind of shine a light on what you're hearing and make sure that, it, that it's summarized in a way that it's not just the, the literal words, but the meaning of the words that I'm giving you. That's the flashlight. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I, I mean, I think this is a great, it's not something that you think about every day. And so I really think that what you're doing is, very helpful. I mean, I'm in sales and marketing, so it's one of those skills you have to learn too, to really mm -hmm. listen to the client, hear what their pain points are, repeat back what you're hearing to make sure that you've got a clear photo picture. So then you can give them the solution and that's how you have the communication. So, um, I think it's a really important tool that you have to do also in like everyday life. So they do relate. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I see that you can do, you work with a lot of organizations and executives and, and things like that, because you don't, you don't know. yeah, yeah. Cause you don't know what you don't know. And if you're new to sales or maybe um, it's just something that you just never encountered in a training, it's always really beneficial. So where can the listeners find your book and your programs? Uh, obviously anything that you're sharing now, you'll see it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, they, um, they can find me on social media, The Listening Guide. There's a the in front of it, The Listening Guide. The, um, the website is equipped, and that's equipt-people.com on purpose. I see you smiling because we are, we are raising the emotional intelligence when we learn to listen because we understand 
ourselves and others better. Um, and the book can be fine in all the, the major outlets and Amazon in any form. I believe you got to you got to digest a book the way you want to. So hardback, softback, auto, audio. Um, I read the book myself and um, and also on Kindle. So and just on a final note, because you said something so important, I don't want to miss it, that that knowledge and experience is actually one of the enemies of listening. So sometimes the more experienced you are in sales, for example, the more you've seen the same problem over and over again, the more inclined you are to solve too quickly. Because once you've seen a problem 100 times and you know how to fix it, it's hard to want to listen to understand. But that's still what earns you the right to start selling. So because that new client's coming to you for the first time. So to them, that, that's new, that's new to them, not old to them. So you have to right. treat it as you care just as much as it's the first time. And you're going to learn something that's going to apply anyway, because we're all snowflakes. There are there are uniquenesses, even if we've seen the same problem. But we it is a Broadway show, like the best Broadway actors treat it as if that, that audience doesn't know what's going to happen. If they sang the show like and performed the show like, well, everybody's seen this 100 times, we wouldn't be very inspired. So we have to show up with the curiosity and the and the excitement of a young person, a four or five year old, because that's infectious. And when we're when we seek to understand before we seek to solve, we we sell a lot more and we're more effective in our role. Absolutely, hundred percent. Because you have to remember that there's someone that's new all the time, mm-hmm. and so you have don't rob them of the experience all because you know and you've done it like a million times. That's right. Yeah. Because they're going to take that experience and God knows what that's going to turn into later impact. Yes, that's right. That's a positive or negative. Yep. I can see why you're very effective at sales. And our <laughs> sales. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. I try. It's, it pays the bill. <laughs> yeah. And what you're doing kind of either by intuition or, or naturally, it's kind of like the same experience with, with um, why didn't you see the red flags? It's so familiar to you that it's, almost like second nature, but it, this is the, not the norm in terms of how people are, because we're not taught this. So we either pick it up, we have a little bit more of it. We can still, those who are great at it, we can help make better because the system does more of the work, but most people don't have this intuition or this awareness that that's part of what really makes somebody so effective at, at sales. Oh yeah. And I think and everyone says like, I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not. And I'm like, you can, it's, it's all about relationships and communication and just caring. Cause if mm-hmm. you care, they will feel that. And they were most likely going to buy from you, uh, from someone that cares and from the person, not really the service. I mean, yeah. yes, they'll need it, but they're going to, they can go find it elsewhere. There's other people toting it around. It's just, if they want to you or not. Yeah. And I think there's, I think the, so I know I, I was a reluctant salesperson very early in my career. I just thought I that just wasn't me. Part of it is I'm a, I did, if you don't want to ask for something, that's hard, right? And part of what, if you think you have to go in and sell, that's what I was really rebutting against. When I heard salesperson, I thought that meant I had to go in and just be like, buy this, buy this, buy this. And it was really more, it was counter to my style, which was to go in and understand. And then the selling happens naturally. The caring happens naturally. So if we just reframed what sales is, it's seeking and knowing how to understand so that asking or or suggesting is not hard because you've earned the right to do that. But most sales is thought about, I have to be this extroverted, 
product knowledge, you know, go rah rah person to convince everybody to buy what I have. And it really Honestly is goes along too. Pardon me. Honesty goes a long way too. I just had someone call me in my other on my job yesterday yesterday. And it, I'm newer to this space. And so the, they call, they ask questions, and I was very honest with them. And I said, listen, I'm not new to sales. I'm not new to the, like this industry, but I am newer to this position. The company is not new. I don't feel comfortable telling you everything. I would yeah. like an opportunity to come back to you with the with the right info. Because I want to, A, learn it for myself and really understand and B, just, I don't want to deliver anything incorrect because then the last thing I need is to tell you we do something and we don't. And so being honest with them and he even was like, well, I appreciate that. So let's do that and blah, 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 blah. Because if you're honest and you're trying to sound like, you know what you're talking about and you don't, then that automatically credibility goes out the window. Yeah. And, And again, another way to stay step in step not to go, not to try to keep pace where he was, right? You didn't, you weren't there. So you knew that let's slow down. Let's back up. Let's stay on the path. We're not ready to solve this yet. So exactly. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think that's just also, they want an expert. They want to know. Now, some people will just write you off. Well, if you don't know, and then it doesn't sound like you're the right person, blah, 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 blah. Um, But aren't fun customers to work with though, are they? No. So then it's like, well, okay, then, you know, we're probably a good match. It's good filter. In my opinion, if somebody, then that I'm not the right person for them. So they're not in the space. Maybe they're just not in the space to hear it right now. And they'll be back. You know, that's very true. Yeah. So we just have to wait for them to be ready. Just like listening. Like you have to wait for the right time and moment for them, for you to be able to offer this or that, because it doesn't resonate the same. Yep. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing everything and, and teaching us how to be a better listener. And if we want to learn more, we know that you have your book, uh, which is what is it costing you to not listen. And um, you have all of your programs and all of the things with the inner show notes. And I really do appreciate you being here and sharing everything with us. My pleasure. So nice to meet you as well. Oh, yes, me too. And hopefully you'll come back soon and we could teach, a, teach us more skills because it's ever evolving. Well, I would love that. And we're working on the game, which will, so um, we already use it with organizations. So with our clients um, and we're, we want to educate kids. That's our larger mission. So we want to, we want to teach kids in schools at a very, starting at a young age to learn these skills. So I'd love to come back at some point and talk about that. Absolutely. I think parents will always take, take note of how to get their kids to listen and maybe even their dogs. Cause now I'm getting <laughs> uh, lots of barking. I'm in a construction zone. So there's lots of different there you go it's life it's real life it's real life life well thank you so much for being here and everyone who wants to see uh christine um and learn more about her programs uh her book please go to the show notes and check it out and go to all of her social platforms and uh thank you for listening to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast and we'll catch you on the next one thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast if you want more goodies and friends to share them with follow the crumbs to the facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.